City Church. It is Monday of Holy Week. Yesterday, uh, we celebrated Palm Sunday. And today, and for all of this week, uh, our meditations are going to be through John 18 and 19, uh, leading up to the resurrection in John chapter 20 as we prepare for Easter. So here's the way that I would like to do it this week. I'm going to read um, some scripture today, John 18, verses 1 through 14. And I'm just going to pause at points in this scripture to offer um, just a few meditations, a kind of uh, chewing of the scripture um, that hopefully will lead us into a time of prayer. I hope that you are well this week. I hope that your worship gathering uh, with other folks uh, through our Zoom meetings this week was um, filled you up and also sent you out and prepared you for another week of this quarantine. So here we go, John chapter 18. After Jesus had said these things, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley, where there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas took a company of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees and came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing everything that was about to happen to him, went out and said to them, Who is it that you're seeking? Jesus of Nazareth, they answered. I am he, Jesus told them. I want to stop right there for a minute. This, when Jesus says, I am he, is actually uh, ego, I, me, in the Greek, or I am. This is the seventh recitation of Jesus saying, I am, in the Gospel of John. You remember, um, as we preached through the Gospel of John um, over the last several months, that this is a theme in John. Jesus says, I am, seven times, and then he also says, I am, with a direct object, at the end of it. So I am the door and I am the truth and I am the way, I'm the life. And this is the seventh I am. And I love what happens. Seven is a complete number. I love what happens here when he says, I am. When Jesus told them, you see in verse six, when Jesus told them, I am, these guards, these, these um, uh, guards stepped back and fell to the ground. Now think about who was coming to arrest Jesus. It was centurions. It was Roman soldiers, um, a company of soldiers, officials, chief priests, and Pharisees. It was everyone who had any kind of power were all coming against Jesus. Remember, Jesus, all of his life has limited his power. And the way that I like to think about this seventh I am, the completion of um, Exodus uh, chapter 3, when Moses asked Yahweh uh, to give him his name, and he replies, I am. This is the completion of that. And this is almost like Jesus letting his power eke out just to just for a, a little preview of what's to coming when the Son of Man returns, like in Daniel 7. It's almost like he pulls back a little of the veil to expose the, the Superman underneath. And they all, it's like they're blown away. Bam, I am. They're coming to arrest him in a display of all the powerful. And it is Jesus Christ who says, you think you're in control? Blam, I am. In fact, in the Greek, it says, blam, I am. Of course, I'm just kidding, but kind of not. All right, now let's pick back up in verse 7. Then he asked them again, who is it that you're seeking? Now let's stop there for a minute. Isn't that 
the question that we all have to answer from Jesus. God incarnate stands in front of us and asks, who is it that you're seeking? This time has revealed a lot in us. For a lot of us, it is revealed, it has brought up that question, who are we really seeking? In whom is our peace? What circumstances must we have to keep a level head, to keep a joyous spirit, um, to rejoice in hope and be patient in affliction and be constant in prayer? Jesus asked these chief priests and Pharisees and company of soldiers, who is it that you are seeking? And indeed, they answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Yet they should have been seeking the Son of God. Verse 8, I told you, I am, Jesus replied. So if you're looking for me, let these men go. Now this was to fulfill the words that he said, I have not lost one of those you have given me. Notice that Jesus' M.O. is to not lose those the Father has given him. And indeed, he doesn't throw his disciples under the bus. Instead, in a sort of preview of what the cross would be for all people, he asked that his disciples be let go so that the violence may come on him. I don't know if you've ever heard that um, marshmallow song. Um, I, uh, you can look it up on Spotify. I found peace in your violence. Every time I hear that song, I found peace in your violence. I think it's called silence. I found peace in your violence. This is what we have in Jesus Christ. The violence that came to him was our peace because it was prophesied that he has not lost one of those that the father has given him. Verse 10, then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus, was Malchus. At that, Jesus said to Peter, put your sword away. Am I not to drink the cup the Father has given me? Um, here I am reminded of that old Rich Mullen song, which later was sung by Cademan's Call. Uh, call. Um, I don't remember the whole song, but I do remember that part where it said, I can see Peter put away his sword. I can see Peter putting away his sword. I can see Peter put away his sword. He won't fight no more. Love has come. Love has come. Love has come. And it's given me hope to carry on. That, that song right there, bring, this verse brings up that song. Peter, put your sword away. It is not you who fight for you. It is I who died for you. Love has come. Love has come and has given you hope to carry on. Just the continuance in this of Jesus interceding, taking the place of his disciples. Put your sword away. You cannot fight this evil. It can only be won by my substitution. And then in verse 12, then the company of soldiers the commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus and tied him up, trying to exercise some kind of control over God as if he did not go willingly. Verse 13, first they led him to Annas, since he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews, listen to this, that it would be better for one man to die for the people. And that is the word of the Lord from John chapter 18. Now, a common theme in all of this scripture is Jesus stepping into our violence, Jesus stepping into our sin, 
Jesus stepping into the way of the train of the wrath of God to push us out of the way so he could absorb it. Look what he says in verse 11. Peter, put your sword away. Am I not to drink the cup the Father has given me? Jesus knows what he is doing in this Passion Week, in this Holy Week, headed to the cross. And consistent through all of this passage as he is arrested, though he has the power just with the glare of his I amness to knock all of the soldiers that would arrest him, seek to arrest him back on their feet. He limits himself. He humbles himself to drink the cup of his father's wrath that is toward our sin so that we would not have to endure it so that the prophecy would be true that he has not lost one of those you have given me church take heart city church take heart though your sins are great and oh how this pandemic has exposed our fears and oh how this pandemic has exposed our lack of patience and oh how this pandemic has exposed our wrath our self-righteousness our blame shifting you still have placed your hope in the god of easter the god of passion week the god of holy week the god who though he could have said i am and blew everyone back instead opened his arms and died so that we could come near to our father. That is good news this week. That is good news this Monday. And today I'd like you to meditate on that. Jesus limiting his power so that he can give to us a relationship with the father. Will you thank him for it right now? Let's be silent. Thank God for Jesus substituting. Thank God for Jesus' self-control, humility, and power. Heavenly Father, though you had the power to knock back those who would murder you, you rejoiced in hope. You were patient in affliction. You were constant connection with your Father in prayer. And you did not lose a single one that the Father had given to you. You knew your mission was to drink the cup that the Father had given you. And indeed, though Caiaphas, in his evil, meant this for evil, so you meant it for good, that it was better for one man to die for the people that is your son Jesus Christ and we thank you for Jesus and now let us in the spirit of his death and resurrection let us love like Christ love substitutionary one man for the people one person giving ourselves out for many in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit amen <laughs>